0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We've been in a series called Vision. And last week we talked about what vision means and how we perish without it and how we live by it. Uh, And that vision flows from the values that we hold inside. Each one of us has values that we hold differently um, as opposed to, like, how we parent our kids, we said, or how we, um, you know, go about our work ethic, let's say. But there's different values that you hold uh, in your hearts than the person sitting next to you, and that's a good thing. And we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But the main um, push last week was to define the vision for us, which is that we are a community of Jesus followers who is bringing life to the city in all that we say and all that we do. And the, the sticking point last week was presence, that we said we cannot do anything or be anything or move closer to that vision towards um, the fulfillment of that vision without the presence of God. It's by the presence of God we do anything around here. It's by the presence of God we are who we say we are. We are Jesus followers by the presence of God. So we, we landed on presence last week and certainly we want to carry that through the vision series all through this month. But this morning we want to talk about authentic community. We're not only a A presence movement in the Vineyard and here locally at Vineyard Cleveland, but we are also a relational people. We are a communal people. We don't live the Christian life in a vacuum. There is no Lone Ranger Christianity, as my old pastor and mentor used to like to say. It's true, we need one another. Now, as Americans, we like to say that we are self-made men and women and we just pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and we can do it on our own and I got to where I am by my hard work and it's all earned, nothing is given and all of that kind of stuff. But the truth is that we need one another. If we claim Christ, he has set this thing up as Lord of the church. He has set it up so that not one person can achieve the vision on their own. Isn't that wonderful? The vision is so big, and it is that way by design, because it's going to take each and every one of us. Not just for our little church here in Cleveland, Ohio, but for the global church to establish and usher in the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus, we need one another. It takes each one of us. Some of you might have been to uh, out to California uh, before or Yosemite National Park, and you've seen the giant redwood trees. Who has been out to Yosemite to see the redwoods? A few of you. And so you just stand there, and you're in awe of just the majesty and wonder that these huge trees are. Uh, they're just massive in scale and size. And we see what's above the surface, these massive trees, Right? that have stood for ages and ages. Some of the oldest trees on the planet. And we only see what's above the surface. But if we were to look beneath the surface, we would see that all of these redwoods, they only grow in groves. So where there's one, there's many. And the roots are really shallow. But the root system is what holds each individual tree up. All of their roots are intertwined from this amazing looks like second grade sketch here we've got for you, but all of the roots are interconnected with one another. And so these huge trees that would otherwise topple over in storms and wind and rain are able to stand straight through the test of time, battling whatever comes their way for years and years because The root system is interconnected with all of the other redwood trees that are in the grove with it. Now, the analogy doesn't hold up 100% as most analogies do, and that's why they're analogies. Because we would like our roots at Vineyard Cleveland, our spiritual roots, to go deep, right? Deep, deep in the soil. But you get what I'm trying to say. We're better together. We're better in community We can't live the Christian life alone. And like the Redwoods, God has called us to live interconnected lives, to help one another, or as the scriptures say, to carry one another's burdens. That's who we're called to be at Vineyard Cleveland. And we get a really great picture of vision for the local church, which can we just acknowledge how crazy it is that Jesus hoped for the world, for the whole world, is the local church. Can we just acknowledge how crazy that is? Like, we wouldn't do it that way. If it were us, if it were like the marketing gurus in New York City, or if it were like the advertising agencies, or the the think tanks, like they would have chosen like a hundred different ways than like a small band of 12 fishermen who just happened to run into Jesus one, one day. The plan for the salvation of the world rests in the local church. People like you and me, ordinary people who are willing to say yes to Jesus, to whoever he's calling us to be, wherever he's calling us to go. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We get a great picture of how the Lord himself sets up the local church in Acts 2, after Jesus ascends. And so if you have your Bible and you wanted to turn or swipe there with me, we're going to jump around a little bit but mainly in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. The Lord has ascended, and the day of Pentecost has come to the Jewish people, and all the disciples of Jesus have been told to wait in Jerusalem. Don't go. Don't scatter. Just wait. And they've been told to wait for a reason. The Lord tells them to wait For the gift of the Holy Spirit, who he's promised. And so they're all just hanging out. After their rabbi, the Messiah, has been crucified, they're all just hanging out. They're all just there in the upper room. The day of Pentecost comes, and we read this in chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Stop. That's an important phrase right there that gives us an insight on how Jesus has set up the church community to function. What does it mean to be all together in one place? This word in Greek is homothumaden, homothumaden, or one accord, and it's found all over the book of Acts. Acts 1.14, those all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Uh, what we just read there, 2.46, And they continuing daily with one accord and in the temple, their voice to God with one accord. Acts 5.12, With one accord in Solomon's porch. Acts 8.6, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke. Acts 15.25, It seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord. What does this word mean? It's so important to Luke, who's writing this book of Acts. Homothumadon, the Greek word for one accord, means more than simply being gathered in one geographical location or one physical space like we are this morning. And that's great insight into who God has called the local church to be, who he's called us to be. Vineyard Cleveland, we're not just a bunch of individuals taking up space in the same place. We're together in one accord and we have one mindset. Now, what it doesn't mean is that we're practicing here at our church or the local church anywhere, groupthink. Do you know what I, say, what I mean when I say groupthink? That we all think the same way or we all act the same way or we all have the same mannerisms or we all say the same things. No, that's not what being in one accord means. Being in one accord means that our hearts are interwoven in such a way that our individual personalities are maintained because God is just so good like that and he loves who you are individually, but that our communal lives are interconnected so that as to say we're all moving the same direction. Do you get that? Now, I'm not saying like... um, we're all to, like, stop listening to other preachers or going to other churches or that kind of thing. That's not what I'm communicating. What I'm communicating is that you are here on purpose. Not by way of my speaking or by way of worship or, or even the people who are around you, like you have good friendships. Like, God has put you in here not for groupthink, but to maintain your personality individually but that you are knit together within the whole of the collective moving one direction. That's what it means. There's a difference between groupthink and just taking things for um, page value and just saying, well, I'm here, I just believe whatever's said. God didn't design you to function like that. God doesn't want you as a robot, some mechanical church that is just like, the foundation is love. And so we're all interwoven together like the roots of the redwood, and we're moving one direction. That's what it means. Homo thumaden. We're all together in one place heart space. In other places, we read that they had, those early believers, they had everything in common. And they came from everywhere. We read in verses 8 through 10, this list of nationalities that I am not going to even attempt to pronounce to you guys. But we read that everyone has come from everywhere. And thousands of these Jews who previously didn't know Jesus come to know Jesus. This just blew me up this week. Later on in Acts chapter 2, it says that 3,000 people came to Christ. 3,000 people came to put their hope and their trust in Jesus as salvation, as Messiah. Where do you think that those 3,000 people came from? It's from the nationalities that are described in verses 8 through 10. And this insight for the local church is so much gold. What this tells us about Jesus' design for the local church is profound. It tells us About the local church, that there is this mosaic that God is building, and one of the last places left on earth today, in our day and age, where you don't choose your friends. You didn't choose to sit next, well, maybe the person sitting next to you. This is the beautiful thing about who the church is is that there are people in this room who live their lives drastically different from the way that you live your life. There are people here from different nations... There are people here from different socioeconomic groups, there are people here who are de- different ethnicities, there are people here who vote differently than you, there are people here who raise their kids differently than you, there are people here with brown eyes, with blue eyes, there are people here who are wealthy, there are people here who are poor, there are people from all over, old, young, black, white, that's the beauty of the church is that you don't choose your friends. You don't choose your friends. Everywhere else in society, you get to click and add a friend. You get to curate who your friends are. Click, add a friend. Oh, I don't like the way that you treated me or that comment that you made on Facebook. Click, de-friend. You're unfriended. You're de-friended. Jesus says, nope, there's none of that. You don't get to choose who your friends are in the church. That's where the lab Of community happens. This is vision for Vineyard Cleveland. We quite like that there are so many different types of people in the room this morning. Because this is, and this is where I say with much vulnerability and trepidation, like we like it this way. We like it messy. We like that you think differently than the person sitting next to you. Why? Because as iron sharpens iron, as iron sharpens iron, One follower of Jesus has an idea about what evangelism should look like. Another follower of Jesus has another idea of what worship should look like. And we meet in the beautiful, radical middle. Just where Jesus intended the church to be. If you've been in a church and we love them, they are the bride of of Christ and we love the whole church, where everybody thinks the same way, and everybody acts the same way, you had better run from that place. Run as fast as you can. Because what that communicates is that there is no preservation of the individual as a gift from God in that place. That's what it communicates. That there is no value placed on the individual before the throne of God. If you're in a place that values different types of thinking and different types of people, Hold on to that place with everything that you have because you're going to grow there. That's God's dream for community. That's His dream for the local church that we would bump into different theological perspectives, that we'd bump into different perspectives on how to raise our kids, that it wouldn't be groupthink. That's where we grow. If you know a better way to grow, please let me know because I do not. That's where the goods are. That's the goodness. Okay, to the meat of the thing. Acts 2, 42 through 47. What did they do? And what is our vision for community here at the church? This is the value which leads to the vision. The value is community, relational, authentic community. The vision is bringing life to the city. Here's a snapshot, verse 42 in chapter uh, 2. They, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone, say everyone, everyone Everyone was filled with awe. Oh, I thought they were going to say filled with the Spirit. Well, yeah, let's all be filled with awe as well. At the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together, There's the in one accord, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added their number daily, those who were being saved. So we get four movements of who the local church was the early church was, and who God has called the, um, the local church to be in our day. Four movements. The first movement is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Quickly, um, we can't skip over the part that says that they were devoted. They were Devoted. This whole thing, last week, presence, this week, authentic community, and next week, outward focused life, it all stems from love. You catch that? The early church devoted themselves. Can you devote yourself to something that you don't love? Maybe. But most times you can only devote yourself to something that you love. Now, in America, we have this flimsy definition of love and what love is and what love means. And we don't mean exactly the same thing when one person says love and another person says love. Somewhere we've lost the element of commitment where it, when it comes to love. And I have a feeling that that's what these early disciples of Jesus were practicing. They devoted themselves. They, they gave themselves their whole selves. And that speaks to me, that tells me that these things weren't just things that they were like, oh, I got to grin and bear it and do it. But it sprang from this heart of love, that love is the foundation. Love is below devotion. You know, community is two stacks above that. But love is the foundation from which they devoted each other. To the community. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said, The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. Community is created from love. If you just love the idea, do you see what Bonhoeffer's trying to say here? Do you, if you just love the idea, I wish I could find just like the perfect church. I wish I, wish, I wish I could find community. I love community. I love being around other people. I love when it's happening, and I love this. I love that. Bonhoeffer's like, you'll destroy it that way. You'll kill it. Bonhoeffer's saying, forget about all that. And he gave his life for it, by the way. He gave his life for it in Nazi Germany. He says, forget about all that. How much you want to see happening at your church. How much you think your church should be reaching to the poor. What you think worship should look like at your church. We're not worshiping you. Yowch. Tough crowd this morning. Forget about all of that. Love people. Love people. When you love people, when you devote yourself to people, you will create community. It will happen. What Bonhoeffer and what the early church is saying by their actions, what Bonhoeffer is saying here is that community flows, is a healthy outpouring of love. It's a byproduct of love. It's not the thing. Love is the thing but it's the outworking, it's the flow from love, community is. Okay, so they dedicate themselves to the apostles' teaching. And this is vision point here for what we see authentic community to be at Vineyard Cleveland. We love, we are committed to the word of God. We believe at Vineyard Cleveland that the scriptures hold life. And that the scriptures hold the words, the very words of Jesus. And so it's easy in today's day and age to say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, without ever having to crack the book open. But when we open the Bible, when we read the Word of God, we find that it's more than simply a book. It's more than just words on a page. It's the inspired Word of God to us that was true back then and is still true today. We value at Vineyard Cleveland the Word of God given to us in the Scriptures. These early followers of Jesus devoted, committed themselves to the apostles' teaching. What were the apostles teaching? They were teaching the word of Jesus. They were living the word of Jesus. They were following the living Jesus. They weren't what Luke is trying to describe here again is not groupthink. They weren't just following blindly the apostles' teaching about this perspective or that perspective. It's very specific in the text. They were the, the the teaching of the apostles was not just like the knowledge of the day, it was the scriptures they were teaching. The early church was following the scriptures. We focus on the word apostle, we forget teaching. It was the scriptures that they focused on, devoted themselves to. So we value the word of God. That's the first movement. The second movement of discipleship is the apostles' fellowship. The word fellowship in the text is connected to the word apostles. And what this speaks to me, to fellowship, is yes, fellowship with one another, but there is no celebrity pastor in the bunch. That we are just like one another and that I'm a part of this thing with you. That's what it speaks to me. To us, that we devote ourselves to fellowship means that just to be together is a gift. To be together is the treasure from God. Where else in the world are people together in one accord? Our world is so divided today, and we have this opportunity to be the beloved community together, to shine as light in the darkness. Nowhere else in the world can you find it. You know, we saw it on full display yesterday with football teams all over the country battling for that playoff spot, but even the most hardcore Chiefs fan still can experience the closeness of what community is in the local church when it's working, functioning properly. You can devote yourself to a sports team, is what I'm saying. You can devote yourself to climbing the corporate ladder. You can devote yourself to plenty of things. But when we devote ourselves to fellowship, that's when we come alive as individuals. Now, introverts, I hear you starting to, like, put your coat on and, like, head out the door, like, okay, I'll be alone. See you later. And extroverts, I hear you saying, yes, more fellowship, more people all the time. Both of you, chill out. <laughs> chill out right now. Chill out. Fellowship means that the Lord's voice is over that place. So the Lord's voice to the extrovert might be or might sound like, hey, you should be around just a few people this week. Or, hey, it's time for you to practice silence and solitude, to just get away with me and rest. You see? To the introvert, the challenge would be, it's okay to go deep with just a few, to give you that freedom, to say it's okay to go, to go deep with just a few. After all... And I'm going to hear a good amen in in introverts' hearts right now. Not out loud, but in introverts' hearts, because we wouldn't. Where two or more are gathered, Jesus is right there in the middle of them. Oh, an amen. Okay, introverts, good. Good, good. Good for you. (laughs) Heard a couple there. Okay. Uh, First movement, apostles' teaching. Second movement, apostles fellowship to be together just to give. Third movement, uh, they devoted themselves to breaking bread together. Breaking bread together. This one seems like a no brainer because we all got to eat, right? There is a communion element to what Luke is saying here in Breaking Bread that we celebrate the Lord's Supper together and we devote ourselves to that at Vineyard Cleveland. We devote ourselves to that practice every Sunday. We believe that's important. We meet Jesus at the table, as it were. But there's also just a Breaking Bread component, and certainly Luke meant it, that we are to share a meal together. Just to share a meal together, you know. The other night, the Brazil team, who will will be traveling to Brazil in um, uh, later this year in September or October, um, got together at uh, at the Croft's house and simply had pizza and salad together. Sure, we talked about Brazil and what our plans were, and who we're trying to connect with, and the hassle that passports and visas are, and all of that kind of stuff. But wouldn't you know, the treasure was being together, just eating pizza together. It wasn't some elaborate meal, you know, it was right down the street at Mama Julianne's, and pick up the pizza, and bring it over, sheet pizza, and eat it together. But when you share a meal together, there's real power on that. I always like to point out the good bakers and chefs and cooks in the room, because you will know if you've had a meal at Angela and Evan Hammersmith's house, if you've ever experienced that before, and you know what I'm talking about if you have, that is a spiritual gift of theirs. It's like how how I'm in the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. What is going on? if you've ever shared a a delicious meal with friends that you love, you'll know that's where community is formed. That's where authentic community happens. You know, authentic community just happens like if you're just looking for somebody to watch the game with. There's this uh, book, it's called Bowling Alone. Uh, Robert Putnam wrote it, I believe. And it talks about this phenomenon in the United States where the amount of bowlers, this is a crazy statistic, the, in the early 2000s and on to our time now, the amount of bowlers increased. But the amount of bowling leagues significantly decreased. There are like rare, hardly any bowling leagues. And so what Putnam uh, keenly um, intuited from this was that the loss of community in America is a, is a real and big thing. We're doing the thing, we're bowling, we're out, but we've lost the bowling league. So just bowling together, right, just sharing a meal together, it doesn't have to be something super, super spiritual, you know as well as I do. And yet, I do want to encourage small groups. I want to be, I envision a church as a church who's made up of small groups, not a church with some small groups we just happen to have some. The good stuff happens in small group. This this stuff, the apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, praying for one another, it all happens in the context of small group. And I would say you are missing out on the best part if you're not involved in a small group. If you're just coming here on Sundays and hearing me yap at you for half an hour, how can that be the best part? No, the best part is when you get together in a small group of people and you take out the Word and you read through the Word and say, what do you think about that? What does that mean to you? Well, I think it means this. Well, you think it means that. Well, we don't agree with that. Well, let's figure that out. And we sing together. We worship the Lord together in song. What other, we're so crazy. Why are we so, we sing, when we get together, we sing. You guys are really cool. You sing. Isn't that, isn't that weird? We're like, hey, the, the way that we connect together as a local church is that we're just going to sing a minute together. Let's do it. <laughs> isn't that great? It's wonderful. We worship together. We get in the Word together. We worship together. And then the real good stuff. At the end when we're all tired and we're ready to go home and we think we've had enough, the small group leader says, okay, let's pray for each other. And you get to do that thing. You know, that thing that you don't want to do. You know, that thing where you say, my aunt, she's in a lot of trouble. She could use some prayer. That, that one guy I know, his brother, he, he's, in, he, man, he's in a bad place. Let's pray for it. No. It's when we say, I need prayer. I I need prayer. I I don't have everything together. My my life has actually been a mess this week. Would you pray for me? Would you take some time and just pray for me? That's when the good stuff happens. That's what Vineyard uh, Cleveland small groups are. If those three things aren't happening, it's not a Vineyard small group. It might be a get-together of friends, but it's not a Vineyard small group. People might come here on Sunday to Vineyard Cleveland, but it's not a Vineyard small group. A Vineyard small group is where there is the opening of the Word of God. There's the singing, the praise of Jesus happening in that place, and the praying for of other people. That's where growth happens. If one is missing, growth will be stunted. Catch it. All three. This is the Word. This isn't Your pastor, you can be mad at me all you want, but this is how we grow. This is it. And sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes it's the last thing that you want to do. Anybody had one like that? Man, small group is the last place on earth I want to go to tonight. Just me? (laughs) You've got kids. It's busy at home. I do not want to go tonight. These people, again? (laughs) How about that one? Do I have to see that person again? Come on. Disarming, I realize. Am I reading your thoughts? A little bit too deep there? Okay, great. None none of you. (laughs) Just me? Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But wouldn't you know it, those are the best nights when you have to fight, when you have to push, and you decide. You decide. Luke 5. Because you say so, I will. Because you say so, Jesus, I will. And you go. Those nights are such a blessing to you. When you push through and you say, I'm going I'm to do this thing. I'm going to devote myself to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. We've got tons of stuff happening at the church right now. And it's all centered on this thing of authentic community. We're going to have a chance. We're going to have an opportunity at the end of this month, on on the last Sunday of January, to just share a meal together. There's no other agenda than to like zip it up at the end of service and say, hey, let's eat together. For our Sunday celebrations, we'll be emphasizing just sharing a meal together and the goodness that that is. I want to encourage you to come to those. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Come on! Just, it, could there be anything better than a church potluck? I mean, really? It's like top ten things on the face of the earth. Church potluck, number nine, maybe, eight, maybe. But I want to encourage you guys to come to Sunday celebrations. Just hang out. Get to know somebody that you don't know before. Introverts go deeper with somebody that you do know. Right? Right? Sunday celebrations and prayer. You know, every fourth Monday of the month, Walt, raise your hand, Walt. There he is over there. Every fourth Monday of the month, Walt Blanchard comes to the church, whether it's nine degrees or 85 degrees, and he sets up chairs right in that corner back there. And Walt and whoever shows up will pray for our kids, And we'll pray for the youth here at Vineyard Cleveland. And we won't just pray for the kids and the youth, but we'll pray for the kids and youth by name. Every fourth Monday. And you might sit here, and and you would be right in saying, that's great. That's great. I love that people are praying for my kids. Parents, you might say that. That's great. But I want to encourage you to go to take a step and to show up just one Monday, one fourth Monday, out of the month, to show up and pray with Walt. The difference of, man, that's great, Walt is praying for my kid. That's awesome. To like, hey, I'm going to show up and pray for the other kids in the church. That's a big deal. So Walt does that. Another committed leader, one who's devoted here at the church, is Sarah Smith. Sarah, raise your hand. There's Sarah Smith. Sarah Smith, every Sunday, well, first and third, every Sunday now, every Sunday, meets at 9 a.m. in the youth room every Sunday to pray for what is happening right now. To hear from, to listen to the Lord. Lord, what are you speaking over us this morning? To to catch the prophetic sense of what God is doing in our midst. Sarah gives her time, and every Sunday at 9 a.m. is back there in that Room. I want to encourage you, if you have any sense of like, I like to pray, I want to pray more, um, I want to encourage you to come one, one Sunday a month, to just show up and give it a try, to listen to what God might, what God might be speaking over the people who will come and sit in the chairs. Join, join Sarah back there in the room. She's there every Sunday. There are plenty of opportunities to practice authentic community at Vineyard Cleveland. But it won't mean anything until people decide to take a step into that. You have to intentionally decide. Community is that way. You have to intentionally decide to step, to take a step, to step into community. Very rarely do we see people at Vineyard Cleveland just happen to or unintentionally fall into community. It just kind of happened for me. No, people are like, I need friends. I need fellowship. I need to share a meal with somebody. I need prayer for myself. That takes intentionality, and so I want to encourage you to do that over the course of 2024, that we would be, Vineyard Cleveland, a local church community who practices authentic community.